In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Jesus does two miracles in today's Gospel. On his way to the city called Jericho, it's a very important historical city, and while entering Jericho, he does a second miracle, but it's not a physical miracle. Both miracles have something in common. First of all, it's written, uh, both miracles are only written by Luke, and Luke never saw, I'm purposely using this word. Yet Luke, as he says in the beginning of his gospel, searched, found, saw, believed, and wanted to go deeper into his belief. And that's why he wrote this gospel. Luke is the only New Testament writer who was not a Jew. Never was a Jew. He was a student of St. Paul and he was a Greek. So he believed in all the Greek gods and goddesses. And yet he wrote a marvelous gospel, not to take away from Mark, not to take away from Matthew or from John. But it becomes important when the story of Zacchaeus, and just before the story of Zacchaeus, now there are other miracles of Jesus healing blind men and women, or I don't know about women, but blind men that were mentioned in the Gospels and in other places. But this one's a little different. Because this one, the blind man gets healed, and Jesus says, your faith has healed you. And you see the effect of faith. The effect of faith is, this man is not only can see, it doesn't run away, it says, yippee. But he actually, it says, he followed Jesus. So it wasn't just a matter of, he was looking for a physical healing. Somehow, we don't know, God knows. But we know that Jesus said it. There was a need for an act of faith to heal this person. And this act of faith took on its shape. And that the blind man who can see, whether it's the first time in his life, we don't know if he was born blind, or he became blind later on in his life, followed Jesus and now he could see. And yet the second miracle is actually sort of a continuation of this first miracle. Zacchaeus was blind. Chief tax collector. Here's a problem. First and foremost, the city of Jericho is a foreign, it's not a foreign city, but it's not a city that Jesus was part of for very long. So how does Jesus know Zacchaeus? We don't know. But there's something very special. So now Zacchaeus, chief tax collector, is a murderer indirectly, not directly. He's a thief. He's a person who's very unjust. He's an evil man because he's a Jew, not only collecting taxes for the sake of fueling the Roman Empire's strength on top of the Jews, but stealing. And he himself admitted, if, this is later on when he says, if I defrauded anybody, I will pay him back four times. So how much was he a fraud and he defrauded people? We know from history that usually these men had no conscience at all. So if there is a widow with nobody and she cannot live, she cannot pay her taxes, they'll take her home, throw her out on the street and let her die. That's why I called him a murderer. Didn't kill directly, 
but he killed indirectly. They were actually a lot of times were abused because they were so bad in some cities that actually there are times they were beaten up and there was a couple of times that they were murdered. And therefore they needed protection from the Roman Empire. A lot of times they had their own private security that was afforded to them by the empire. That's how evil they were. And this guy was their chief in the whole city. So if you could only imagine what evil this guy has done. Now, this man is rich. Filthy rich. Yet his eyes were not open. Couldn't see. He wasn't happy. Something's missing. Number one, he's not part of the community. He's ostracized. Number two, he's got all his wealth. He can spend it. For how long? For how much? What is he going to get out of it? How much flavor can he get out of it? How much is it going to entice him and make him feel great? Get the best food, the best clothing, the best house. Then what? You can go on the best trips. Then what? And that's what was missing. So something happened to this guy. In his heart, he said, I want to see Jesus. Because something about Jesus and the stories of Jesus, and we're not exactly sure, at least I'm not exactly sure when this event happened, but some commentators have said this happened shortly after the raising of Lazarus. So this guy has heard that there's a dead man who was raised. So maybe he was just curious. But there's something about his curiosity that made a grown man short, but a grown man climb a tree. I haven't climbed a tree. I don't want to talk about it. It's been decades. What would make me climb a tree? What would make you climb a tree? What desperation would you have? And I'm talking about, I'm talking to all those who are, let's say, 13 and above. 13 and below, it doesn't take much to climb a tree. I don't know if we still climb trees anyways, I know. But what would it take for you? What desperation causes you to climb a tree? How desperate was Zacchaeus to see? Physically, it's to see this Jesus guy. Physically speaking, he gets up on a tree and he sees Jesus. Mind you, wealthy man, dressed up all fancy, got everything that he needs. What's the first impression on Jesus? Um, this guy's poor. He doesn't look very appealing externally. There's nothing there. Yet there's everything there. So he's no longer looking from the external. There's something that's moving his heart. I go back to the question that I asked a few minutes ago. How does Jesus know him by name? Don't know. Maybe this is the miracle. The miracle is Jesus recognized what this guy wants. Looks up to him eye to eye. Zacchaeus. And this is where it gets bad. I'll tell you why. I want to dine over your house. Okay, so Jesus has a lot of followers 
and he's come to Jericho, who's got a lot of followers and a lot of people who are doing a lot of great work for him and everything. Wouldn't it be an honor for him to visit their homes and to say thank you for all that you've done? Who does he go to? This evil, lousy, vermin? He says, I want to go over your house? Forrest Zacchaeus is like, wow. Question number one, has salvation come yet? No. This is an important point because Jesus can come over your house. doesn't mean there's salvation just yet. Jesus went over the house of the Pharisee. If you remember the story, there was a sinful woman who came and washed his feet and did whatever. And the Pharisee is like, ah, oh, if you would have known what kind of woman this woman is, you wouldn't have let her do what she's doing. Jesus was over his house and Jesus says, you didn't honor me in any way. You didn't get your salvation. This woman's sins got forgiven. Yours didn't. Same thing for Zacchaeus. Not yet. Jesus invites himself. But it doesn't mean Zacchaeus is going to take care of him. Or accept him. But here's an interesting point. On the way, who gets attacked? Zacchaeus? Jesus. Zacchaeus' sins have now fallen on Jesus. And this is a message for all of us. My sins fall on Jesus. Even the sins that I do privately behind closed doors that nobody knows about. It hurts you indirectly and it hurts Jesus directly. Even the private sins. And this is where we see this. The people began to murmur against Jesus. How dare you? He goes and eats with sinners. By the way, this got a huge connotation. Because at other times, they actually accused Jesus of uh, being with tax collectors, which means that he's also a thief just like them. And with prostitutes, which means what? Uh, Jesus is a loose cannon. Accusing him of being with prostitutes is not just sitting down and eating with them. You can imagine what they're accusing him of doing. Now they're accusing him with this lousy guy. Jesus doesn't respond. Now we get confession. Now we get Zacchaeus coming in and saying, first, and I wonder, if Zacchaeus looked at Jesus and said, I get it, if you don't want to come, you don't have to come. I'm sorry I put you in this position. I'm really sorry that you have to experience my sin. Maybe. And then maybe we hear Jesus looking at him going, oh, I'm coming. I'm on my way. I ain't stopping. And maybe Jesus or Zacchaeus responded to Jesus and said, I'm sorry. And he does a public confession to how he's hurt the people. First, I need to make up for my sins. I stole. What do you do? You give to the poor. And half of my money, half of my wealth. That's a lot of money. Let's say the guy was a millionaire. Let's say he had $10 million. $5 million for the poor is a lot of money. Rich people don't do that. And he says, half of my money for the poor. And if anybody, now he's confessing to them, anybody that I have defrauded, if I stole from you, 
I'll pay you back four times. And that's when, finally, with confession, with recognition of who Jesus is, or what this person has done, this man gets his salvation. And Jesus says, finally, salvation has come to this house. Just to this person. Then he actually puts a challenge to all the people. This man is the son of Abraham also. Which means he's a son of the faith. Which means now you need to accept him. Is what he's telling the people. God, I have forgiven him. Now it's your turn. This is a challenge. This isn't just Jesus doing a miracle of forgiving someone's sin who is a horrific sinner. But this is also a call for the whole community to come and to say, be like me, search for the lost sheep. They might have hurt you, they might have angered you, they might have stolen from you, they might have caused injustice. But with God's grace, not all, they have to respond. But with God's grace, miracles can and have happened. And this is the beauty of the second miracle of today's gospel. It's the miracle of Zacchaeus seeing. We today call out to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to see. I don't just want to see simple things. I want to see deeper. I want to respond deeper. I don't just want to be living. I want to be alive. I want to thrive in love, in patience, in service. I want to be your instrument. Because only then can I find joy, true joy, real joy in my life. Dear brothers and sisters, we pray today like the blind man and like Zacchaeus. And we say, Lord, open our eyes. Lord, Come and dine with us. Lord, bring your salvation to our homes so that at all times we may proclaim and say, blessed be the name of Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.